for the elders for the church. When they arrived, he said to them, You know how I lived the whole time I was with you, from the first day I came into the province of Asia. I served the Lord with great humility and with tears, and in the midst of serving, serving tested by the plots of my Jewish opponents. You know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly and from house to house. I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Now I know that none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. Therefore, I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of any of you, for I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. When Paul had finished speaking, he knelt down with all of them and prayed. They all wept as they embraced him and kissed him. What grieved them most was his statement that they would never see his face again. All right, Christ Church. I'm Pastor Bob, lead pastor here at uh, Christ Church. And uh, hey, we are soon wrapping up our uh, series, The Story. We've been doing it for three summers, and uh, we're, uh, we're almost to the end. Uh, next Sunday will be the last chapter uh, in, uh, in the story, uh, and we're going to cover the book of Revelations. How's that? The whole book of Revelations in one one sermon. Get ready for that. Wear your track shoes, right? Uh, anyway, today uh, we wrap up with uh, Paul's final days, uh, and uh, that means that when September kicks off, uh, kickoff Sunday, we'll start a new series. Uh, that series is going to be called Made for Mondays. Made for Mondays. Uh, I'm excited about that series. I hope you're going to be here for September for kickoff for all of those. Uh, it will be a great series to challenge, but also encourage you uh, as you go into every single week. Our goal in that series is that you'll give up, thank God it's Friday, and you're going to start saying, thank God it's Monday. That's what we want, right? So just to get you ready for that one. Uh, for today, though, we finish up with the, uh, with the Apostle Paul. little review, if you weren't here last week, a little new. Uh, we looked at Paul uh, last week, and we looked at kind of God's great vision, right? Jesus rose from the dead, and the question is, what's next? What happens? Uh, right? Well, the answer is uh, God wants to reach every human heart. That's the, that's the profound answer, right? He is on a mission to reach every human heart. It gets described in uh, Acts chapter 1 uh, when he speaks to those disciples that he leaves behind as he gets ready to ascend and says, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you're going to be my witnesses. That's what we're going to do, right? Like it or not, good or bad. Hey, we're going to be his witnesses. That means we're going to tell people uh, about Jesus, and we're going to do that everywhere, wherever we are, everywhere, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. His way of saying every human 
heart, right? Uh, then we acknowledge that the book of Acts, if you haven't read it, get to it. Boy, great book. The book of Acts kind of captures the next chapters of that mission of going from Judea, Samaria, uh, and ultimately to the ends of the earth. And so you get chapters 1 through 8. They deal with the Jerusalem, starting that church in Jerusalem, 8 through 12, 12 uh, out into Judea, Samaria. A significant thing happens in chapter 9, and that's when Saul becomes Paul. Jesus shows up on that road to Damascus and invades Paul's life. Uh, and then 13 and onwards is that uh, journey of Paul, mostly Paul, uh, and the experience of Paul as he's reaching the Gentile uh, world. And Paul is significant to us. We know his missionary journey was incredible, the journeys he took, uh, and ultimately probably founded uh, 10 churches. We know that he wrote at least 13, if not 14, of the New Testament books, and so there was a simple teaching there. Never underestimate what God can do through one person, right? Profound impact of this one person, uh, Paul. Never underestimate what God can do through you, one person, right? Uh, and if you look at the map and you see Paul's missionary journeys, here is uh, the summary of his missionary journeys, and you can see uh, over here is kind of the majority of those uh, missionary journeys. He went on three uh, missionary journeys for sure. Uh, some scholars believe he actually went on four. Uh, there is some evidence out there that uh, Paul was arrested on his fourth journey. He was arrested and taken to Rome. There's some evidence that he may have been actually under house arrest and then released. And then during that time when he was released, he took another missionary journey and may, may have even gone as far as Spain. Uh, in his missionary journey, and then somewhere along the way of that was arrested once again and then brought back to Rome and put in a dungeon and ultimately uh, met his death. Uh, not really sure about that fourth missionary journey. What we do know is he did three incredible missionary journeys, and uh, the things he accomplished were just absolutely phenomenal. And as you look at that, you can easily get kind of lost in that and say, wow, what an incredible deal. And uh, you can easily fall into this thing that we kind of get in some uh, Christian culture, kind of the way the world looks at Christians, you know, and, and fall into this Christian culture that says, well, when Jesus invades your life, everything goes smooth. You ever hear that one? Right? I mean, God's going to bless you, and he's going to be good to you. Of course he is, but that means everything is just going to go really great, smooth, wonderful, smooth sailing. I mean, imagine Jesus shows up on the road to Damascus, grabs Paul, you know, and says, hey, you are going to be my missionary to the Gentiles. And boy, it would be easy to think, well, hey, Jesus is going in front of him, laying it all out. Everything is going to go easy peasy, really nice and smooth from this way, from this point uh, onward, right? And so how many people in the room have experienced life as absolutely smooth, easy, no challenges or troubles? Yeah, I didn't think so, right? That, that's, not, that's not the answer. In fact, as we look at Paul, if you are a Christ follower in the room, you need to understand that the gospel teaches us exactly the opposite. Discipleship, following Jesus, has a cost. It is what we sign up for. It is part of the reality of walking in the footsteps of Jesus. And we see it in the Apostle Paul. He went out on those journeys and he accomplished incredible things 
for the gospel of Christ. But he met extraordinary challenges. If we go to 2 Corinthians, we can see this section where Paul kind of summarizes some of the stuff that he went through following Christ. Uh, In 23, he says, are they servants of Christ? He's asking a question because he's talking about false teachers that are out there, and he's saying, listen, are they servants of Christ, these false teachers? And now we're going to see, he kind of says, look, here's the evidence. Here's the evidence of what it means to be a servant of Christ. Are they servants of Christ? I know I I sound like a madman, but I've served him far more, exclamation point. I've worked harder, been put in prison more often, been whipped times without number. Do you remember how many times your parents spanked you? See, Paul can't remember how many times he's been whipped. Imagine that. He can't even put a number to the times that he's been whipped. I've faced death again and again. How often do you hope you face death? That would be... And yet Paul says, I've faced it over and over again. Five different times, the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Now, what you need to know there is that if he would have got 40, he would have been dead man walking. Right? Tradition was that when when you whip somebody like that, If you gave them 39 lashes, there was a good possibility they were going to survive. If you gave them 40 lashes, highly improbable they would live. He had that happen to him how many times? Five times. On top of that, three times I was beaten with rods. That's what the Romans did. They were really good. They were really cruel. And they figured out, whips, now let's use rods. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. In fact, he was stoned uh, basically to death. They stoned him. The folks throwing the stone figured, okay, he's dead, he's done, and walked away. And amazingly, he survived. That's how dead he was. The the folks who did it, they thought he was gone. (laughs) They thought it was done. Job well done and walked away. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. Did Paul face challenges? Absolutely. He captures it as he goes in 2 Corinthians 11 there, and he tries to wrap it up in one phrase. I'm going to read this passage, and when I get to the underlined part, uh, would you say that underlined phrase with me? You all on board with that? So when I get there reading, read with me. What, you ready? I've traveled on many long journeys. I have faced danger from rivers and from robbers. I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I have faced danger in the cities, in the deserts, and on the seas. And I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. I've worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I've been hungry and thirsty and have often gone without food. I've shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. How did it feel saying that? Can you claim that? I have faced danger for the cause of Christ. See, truth is, you really do if you're a Christ follower. That every single day, when you go out out into the world, you're in danger. Because just as the world did not welcome Jesus, and just as the world did not welcome Paul, it does not welcome us if we're Christ followers. 
it wants to squash the name of Jesus. It wants the name of Jesus to disappear. And when you're out there in the world, you need to know and understand it's no different for you than it was for Paul. Few of you will probably be whipped. Not many of you are going to get beaten by rods. But you're going to face danger every single day to compromise the name of Jesus. You're going to face danger every single day to compromise being faithful to Christ. You're going to face temptation. You're going to face danger. You're going to face struggle. You are going to face everything the world can throw at you so that you will in some way compromise and give up. You are going to face danger because the gospel of Christ is still a challenge to the world. Now, some folks will hear that and say, well, okay, I'm not a believer yet. Why in the world would, any, why in the world would anybody become a believer if that's the case, Right? Here's Paul's answer. Paul's assessment of everything he's faced, right? He says in Philippians, I once thought things, these things were valuable. He's talking about the things of the world. He has a whole list of his achievements, worldly achievements and accomplishments, right? He says, I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, Everything else, everything else you can name, everything else you can think of, everything else you can jam into your life, everything else is absolutely worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I've discarded everything else. I've faced all this stuff. I went through everything. I've discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. How could Paul face all the challenges? How could he endure and come through all that suffering? How could he overcome and continue to name the name of Jesus boldly in front of others? Because he understood that is the highest and best use of life. Everything else compared to that, worthless. He captures it uh, again in uh, Philippians. He says, I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ. I want to experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another I will experience the resurrection of the dead. Think about that verse. Think about that verse. So Christ followers, how many times in your life have you looked at, at what uh, people are going through and said the phrase, man, don't know how you do it without faith? Huh? Amen? How many times we look around, we see everything going on, we man, don't know how you do it without faith. This is what Paul's saying. He's saying, don't know how you do life. Don't know how you continue unless you understand and experience the power 
of Jesus Christ, the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. Now unpack, think about, dive into the phrase, the, the verse there, that, that the principle that he's laying out. He says, I want to know Christ. I want to experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. He wants to experience that when? Someday and now. He's making this profound statement, even though he's gone through all this suffering, even though he's gone through everything that he's gone through, he's making that profound statement that says, listen, you can overcome anything because Jesus overcame death. And death, holy cow, that's the last great enemy. He's saying, listen, if Jesus can overcome that, is there anything that you're going to face in your life? If you have Jesus, if you have his resurrection power working in your life, he's saying there is nothing you're going to face. There's no sin in your past. There's no brokenness of your yesterday. There's nothing to worry about in your tomorrow. Because Jesus has already defeated death. He's already defeated anything the world can throw against you. Look what he says. So, imagine this. I want to suffer with him. Okay, we're going to have a sign-up sheet in the back uh, today. Everybody who would like to go suffer, please go to the left side of the atrium. How do you say that? I mean, think about that. How do you say, this is what I want. I want to suffer. How could he say that? Because when you pour your life out and you walk in the footsteps of Jesus, what will you experience? It was for him, Jesus, it was for Paul. It will be for us. But he can say, I'm willing to do that. I'm willing to experience whatever the world throws at me. Why? Because I know the resurrection power. So that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection of the dead both then and now. I can get through it. I can rise above it. Jesus will resurrect me and elevate me above anything the world can throw at me. He is proclaiming the incredible, powerful gospel that the world may be hostile to us, but Jesus has overcome the world. And we can go through whatever we need to go through, as painful and difficult as it will be, because there is a power loose in our life. So for Paul, he went through his missionary journeys and ultimately he went through his final journey. He did all those things in his missionary journeys. He got to the end of his days. He was arrested. He was taken to Rome. This is the final, uh, final verses of the book of Acts where it says he lived there for two years. And look, it says... He welcomed all who visited him. He boldly proclaimed the kingdom of God, and he continued to teach about the Lord Jesus, and no one tried to stop him. He just kept overcoming. Now, we know ultimately that Paul, as he aged, as he got closer to seeing the reality of his own death coming as he was arrested, he also experienced an incredible urgency. 
for those who would follow him. He experienced an incredible urgency for you about what you would understand, about what you would get from his life, and about what you would carry into your tomorrow as a Christ follower. He says, besides all of this, I have a daily burden of my concerns for all the church. So in spite of all the suffering stuff that he describes there, he ends up saying, listen, on top of all that suffering I've gone through, I really have a concern for the people of faith. Because he had this concern, he reached out to his son, Timothy. He wasn't his actual biological son. He was his spiritual son. And so he reaches out to Timothy in the book of 2 Timothy, and he writes to Timothy as his life is coming to a close. He writes to Timothy, and he lays out um, the legacy, basically, that Paul hopes for in his life, and he hopes Timothy will carry on the legacy, and ultimately hopes you will. His legacy is uh, laid out in 2 Timothy uh, 3. One, he just says, listen, folks, I hope you get this message tape. I hope you understand. Uh, I, I hope you know you're going to go through difficulties and temptations, but you can endure. You can endure. You can overcome. He says, you know how much persecution and suffering I've endured? You, you know all about how I was persecuted in all these towns, and, but the Lord rescued me from all of it. Yep. And everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Evil people, imposters, they're going to flourish. They're going to deceive others. But you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. What's the call? Endurance. The legacy of endurance. Think how God's people endure from generation to generation because we know the truth of what Paul proclaimed, that having Jesus Christ in our life is greater than anything else in this world. And having him pulls us through whatever we experience. We also have the benefit of a legacy that we can live a word-focused life. Right? Paul encourages Timothy and says, listen, you were taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood. <laughs> They've given you wisdom. They've taught you about salvation and trusting Christ Jesus. Look, Scripture's inspired. It's useful to teach. It helps correct us when we're wrong. Now look at verse 17. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. I underline a key there, right? What does God use? God uses Scripture. You want to endure? Be in the Word. You want to endure? You want to overcome? You want to face the challenges? You want to be able to stand up to the temptations and the difficulty? Get in the Word. Use the Word in your life. You're struggling at work because you've got co-workers who are putting a lot of pressure on you, and you know, you know what they're doing is not going to be pleasing in God's eyes. How do you get through that? Get in the Word. God uses the Word to embolden us, to strengthen us, to encourage us, and to drive us forward. Get in the Word. It's also the legacy of telling others, the legacy of doing just what Paul did, of just everyday understanding we are on mission for an incredible eternal cause. We are on mission and have the ability to bring life and forgiveness into the life of somebody else. Paul says, preach the Word of God. Be prepared. 
whether the time is favorable or not. So whether life is good or whether it's a time of challenge and suffering. Doesn't matter what's going on in your life. Be ready. Patiently correct, rebuke, encourage those people with some good teaching. Um, for a time is coming when people will no longer listen to the sound and the wholesome teaching. They're going to follow their own desires. They're going to look for teachers that tell them whatever they want to hear. They're going to reject the truth. They're going to chase after myths. Sound like today? But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. There it is again. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. What's the legacy? The legacy for us is to keep doing what Paul did. Just keep bringing Jesus to the world because the world desperately needs it. It's not just Paul. It's also Peter. Peter tells us the same thing. Be ready. There's also the legacy of radical generosity, right? We talk a lot about that a lot around here because that's who you are in Christ. That's what it is, right? Paul captures it. He says, as for me, this is when his life has come to a close now, as for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. What did Paul understand? What did he give to the Lord? His life. You see, that's the call. That is the call. It's not just about what the offering basket holds. It is our life that we give to Christ. Everything else, he said, is as if garbage. The legacy for us is a radical generosity that we understand our life is about something bigger than ourselves. And so Paul leaves this incredible legacy to us. A life that started uh, persecuting the church and had that experience on the road to Damascus where Jesus shows up and captures his life uh, to the end of his life. Tradition says in all probability uh, Paul was beheaded somewhere outside of Rome. Not sure about the whole thing. Uh, it doesn't, it's just kind of tradition out there that Paul was probably uh, beheaded sometime um, outside of Rome. And the key is not how Paul met his death. The key is the legacy that he leaves us. He captured in 2 Timothy again, it says, But the Lord stood with me and gave me strength so that I might preach the good news in its entirety for all the Gentiles to hear. And he rescued me from certain death. Yes, and the Lord will deliver me from how much? Every evil attack and will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. All glory to God forever and ever. Amen. Are those awesome words? Are those your words? I face danger all the time. And yet the Lord Jesus has brought me through every situation. So the question for us today as we finish up looking at the legacy and looking at Paul, right? This incredible guy that God used, one person that God used to impact the world, and we're still talking about today. Question is, what's your legacy story? What is your legacy story as a Christ follower? If you're not following Christ yet, where's your life headed? What's going to be the story? What's going to be the story of your life? For a Christ follower, it is the opportunity to step into that Paul legacy, to step into living that life sold out for Christ and understanding everything else. Nothing compares to being able to live for him.
is to continue that legacy. That legacy just just says, listen, I'm going to let the Word direct my life. I'm going to live a radically generous life, uh, and I'm just going to tell people about Jesus regardless of the cost because I know if I follow Christ, there's going to be a cost. But remember, there's nothing in this world that is greater and more powerful than the resurrection power of Jesus. If you're facing struggle today, if you've got some stuff going on that you look at and you say, I don't know how, I don't know how, listen, I know how. Scripture tells you how. It's by letting Jesus Christ become Lord of your life. If you're not there yet, boy, I want to invite you today, listen to the Apostle Paul, look at that list again of what he went through. How did he go through that? He says, just because of Christ. Let's pray. Father, thanks that uh, your resurrection power is loose in the world uh, and it can be loose in our lives. So, Lord, we want to just come to you humbly today. We know that uh, so many of us are facing difficulties and challenges, uh, disappointments, hardships, temptations, all the things the world would throw at us. And yet we ask today, as you met Paul on the road to Damascus, meet us in this room today and take over our lives. Let your resurrection power once again work to move us beyond our past and to drive us into a future that just continues to live for you. Help us to know that resurrection power, that we can overcome all the challenges, all the temptations. We can know the forgiveness of our past and lead us to a new future, that our lives can be elevated and they can mean something eternally. Encourage us now that we can walk not only in the footsteps of Paul, but the footsteps of Jesus and bring glory to your name. We ask it and we pray it through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.